don't leave your money in the account. Because that's where you make as the bank richer. You need to let your money work for you. So, i.e., if you accumulate the money, it gets to a certain level. You can buy treasure bill. When your money is a lot, you can buy bonds, government securities. But in investments, you have to know. There are so many types of investments. I don't know. Hey, Ashley. What's your wildest dream? Uh, get a Tesla. Oh, drive a range. I want to have a million dollars in my accounts, fly to Santorini or Ibiza during my vacation. You're like, I just want to be financially free. I don't want to be worried about money. Hmm, I see. Guess what? What? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Business Smart Podcast Series. If you're a young person and you're out there, you're looking for the best way to manage and grow your money. The tips, the hints, whatever info you need, the Business Smart Podcast Series is here for you. This is where we speak with experts who have experience building their wealth through their careers and their businesses and have figured out what it takes, the formula to be financially free. This, this is the, the Business Smart Podcast Series. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bezo Smart Podcast Series. I'm your host, Ashley Buanyante, and this is the pod all about financial literacy. Welcome to the Financial Literacy Hub. We talk about savings, investments, creating several streams of income, among others. So on this podcast, I invite several guest speakers who are financial experts or career professionals, or hey, even successful business people who come and share a thing or two, right? So that we as young people can be empowered to take on our financial journey and and really improve our finances. So stay tuned for more information, right? So on today's episode, we're going to talk about banking and how banking affects young people. So all the financial services that the banking sector has to offer us. And my guest speaker is Benjamin Nwama. Welcome, Ben, to the show. Thank you very, very much. Awesome. I'm going to tell you a little bit about our speaker. Okay, so Benjamin attended Accra Academy. He studied at the University of Ghana. He has an MBA finance from University of Ghana Business School. Um, at the moment, he is a chartered banker. He worked with a bank for 10 years and counting. That's a long time. You can see that he's a professional, right? So um, he started with Trust Bank, which is now, um, which has been merged to be Echo Bank, and then came to Guarantee Trust Bank and was the group head for retail banking. And he's currently the group head for SME banking. So that's it about our speaker. That is a beautiful bio. Thank you, Ben, for being here once again. Thank you very, very much, Ashley. Yes. Yeah, so you see, I've been trying to reach Ben for a long time now, yeah, but Ben is always like, oh, today, tomorrow. Very, very, okay, very okay. tired guy, very busy, right? Yeah, but because of you, he is here to talk, right? So that you would gain some knowledge that you can immediately put into action so that's great thank you ben once again how are you though how how is everything how are you seeing the studio oh, yeah. everything oh good i'm good. good like nice studio nice. nice i'm enjoying myself okay <laughs> good we want you to to do that yeah so um straight to today's topic banking and how it relates to the young person I personally feel like i don't know a lot about this subject because at the moment, I don't think I use a lot of financial services from the bank, right? Like apart from maybe investment packages, there's not really a lot I do with the bank. And I've not had a great experience with customer service, especially. I don't know why that's such a major problem. So it's just a tenor for me. Like me and banks, we're not shut up fans like that. But 
I want you to tell me about the basic toolkits you think a young person should have in this modern era that maybe can make their life easier or simpler, you know, stuff that the bank offers. You can talk about what your bank does or what you know about other banks too. Okay, that's nice. Uh, when we talk about banking, for banks, we are serving as an intermediation. We collect money, the excess money in the system. We keep it and give it to those who need it. Mm. So we... Just a form of what intermediary. We take the excess money because maybe you want to give money to someone. You don't trust the person who will pay you. The duty of the bank is to take the money, keep it, would give you returns. Then we end up giving that money as a loan to someone. So that's what basically we do. Now, people don't like the bank. I don't know. But, you know, we are custodian of people's money. Mm-hmm. And I understand a bit about customer service that you raised. But the point is that customer service issues is everywhere. And we are trying to... I mean, there's, there's a lot that, that has happened in the banking industry. You know, the Nigerian banks came in into the banking. Those days, you had the typical, the traditional banks. When you go there, you see the manager there. They want to bluff. But they're doing the major or... The coming in of these Nigeria banking banks, banking has evolved. Mm. So banking is very necessary because you can't keep your money in the house. So mm. you need to bring it to the bank. Now we serves as what keeping your money from you. And when you come to my bank that I work with, I tell you that we have every product from the day a child is born to the day you die. Mm. Now when you are born, we give you kids account. When you are ten in the university, we give you a student account where you can keep money. We have so many types of accounts, even to the time you go on retirement, that we have a senior's account for you. So the essence of banking is to keep money, one, so that when you need it, you can have access to it. The second point is that it's not only to keep your money, it's also to let your money work for you. That is what most people don't understand. Because the idea is that I'm not just putting my money in the bank for putting it sick, but I'm putting it there to work for me. Why would I? The question then is that why don't I keep my money under my bed? That's what you hear a lot of people because, I mean, bankers are not friendly. So I'll keep my money under the bed. Now, when you keep your money under the bed, what you are failing to understand is that if I put 2,000 or two cities into my, under my bed, I'm going to have two cities. But when I put my money into a bank, into a savings account, into an investment account, my money is actually working for me. So what young people need to understand about banking is that I'm letting my money work for me. It might be... Whatever the interest, I know that the dynamics of interest will mm-hmm. come in. But the point is that if I put my money in a bank and get one city as interest, it's better off keeping my money under the bed because I become one city's richer. So that is it. And the next reason, uh, the next point, the reason why it's very important to bank is that you keep your money in the bank so that when you are in need, the bank supports you. No bank gives money to anybody just like that. We would give money to you because you've done business with us. So that is why it is very, very important to keep your money in the bank. Okay, Ben, that's that's some good points there. So you mentioned something about how at your bank you have um, several accounts from when you're born to when you pass on, right? You spoke about the kids' accounts, students' accounts. So apart from those accounts, are there other things that you think is necessary for young people to be using at the moment? Okay, so what I tell young people is that I like young people. My passion is a youth. And what I tell young people is that you need to cultivate a habit of saving at an earlier stage. Mm. That is what I did. It would surprise you that as a student at the University of Ghana, I used to take the student's loan. And you know what I was doing? I was just investing my student's loan into treasury bills. 
And I was making money out of it. You get it? So it is not just spending, but you need to keep some money so that, I mean, the money should work for you. You, I always tell people that you can actually decide how you want your life to be in the next 20 years' time based on what you do today. I might not be the son of Bill Gates. I might not be the son of the richest man, Dan Gote or whoever it is. But I can actually plan my life to have a comfortable life in future. Now, we have different types of accounts. We have the savings account which everybody knows. We have the target save account. And the target save account is like, I'm a young person. I want to get married when I'm 30 years or 25 years. The target save account is for a target. I want to have my master's. You put that money aside for a particular purpose. So that's a target save account. But I tell people that don't leave your money in the account because that's where you make as the bank richer. You need to let your money work for you. So, i.e., if you accumulate the money, it gets to a certain level. You can buy treasure bill. When your money is a lot, you can buy bonds, government securities. But in investments, you have to know. There are so many types of investment. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, there are so many types of investment. But the, the risk-free investment, that is giving your money to government. That is what treasury bill. So for me, I'm an advocate, not just keeping your money in the account, but letting your money work for you. I.e. buying treasury bill and bonds. Yeah, that's what I subscribe to. Okay, the target save account is different from the regular savings accounts. Are the interest rate, is the interest rates like higher? Okay, for my bank, it's higher. You got a normal savings account, you go with every bank, it's maybe 5%, 4%. Annually, right? Annually, yeah. yeah. But the savings account, it's a bit higher, 7%. Yeah. So it's just to encourage you. To I mean, move on. And to move save. on. Yeah, that's Sounds it. Sounds good. Uh, stay on the two kits. I want to talk about cards, debit cards, credit cards, MasterCards. Which one is which? What is it used for? How do I use this card to pay for something online? How do I use it to pay for something on Netflix? Can you tell me the difference? Okay, so practically we have the credit card and we have the debit card. Uh, Those are the only two types? Yes, these are the two types. I mean, but MasterCard... um, And Visa. Visa card, they are all debit card. Now, a credit, um, a debit card is that I have money in my account and I have a card linked to my account. So anytime I want to have access to my money, I can just use my card, slot it at the ATM and I have access to my money. And this, you can use a Visa or Master. There are two brands. It's just mm-hmm. like MTN and Vodafone. Okay. Practically, they do the same thing. Now, the credit card, which is mostly popular in uh, the advanced country, is that you have a credit line. It's like an overdraft. But the bank checks my history. They know that, oh, Benjamin is a very credible person. No, let me use you. Ashley is very <laughs> credible. So let's give Ashley a credit line of maybe 10,000 Ghana cities. So you can use your card to shop. You get it. So a credit card is totally different for a debit card. A credit card is like a loan. It's a facility, but mostly you call it overdraft. Giving to the customer to have access to it. Ghana... We don't really see much of credit card but compared it's to... available. It's available. We give it to top-notch customers. Oh, People okay. will think because when you are giving a loan to someone, you have to make sure that the person will pay because yeah. it's, you are keeping people's money. So we give it out. So that's basically the difference between a debit and a credit, credit card. card. Yeah. And the rest are just brands. Who Brand like MasterCard, okay. Visa, all of them, they are brands. How about the virtual cards and the prepaid cards? Okay, prepaid, yeah, virtual card also exists. And that's what banking is moving into. Banking is moving into 
IT now. But the prepaid card is that I have a card. I want to go for holidays in Dubai. Mm. And I want to put money on that card. So the prepaid card, I don't need to have an account in the bank. I have the card. I put the money on the card. Then when I travel, wherever it is, I use the card for payment. You get right. it. So that's the difference p- between prepaid card. With the, the difference between the prepaid and the debit is that the debit must be linked to your account. Prepaid must not necessarily be linked. You have the card, you put a depot. Maybe I want to put $20,000 on it. When I travel, I use it. So that's basically the difference. That is the prepaid, prepaid card. Prepaid card. Okay. Yeah, the virtual card also right. exists. Can the debit card be used internationally? As you said, if I travel here and there, can I use it to pay for anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many types of uh, debit card. Let me see. Let me use the MasterCard okay. or the Visa. When you come to my bank, we have the Visa Domestic. Mm. That one, you can only use it in Ghana. Okay. When you go to Kumasi Sunyan, you can use it. But when you have the Visa International, that when you travel, you anywhere, you can use the card. So we have cards that you can use outside. So when you go to the bank, you just have to tell, I mean, whoever you are meeting, the relationship, the customer service officer, that you want an international card and it to be issued to you. When you travel, you can use it at a comfort. And even not that, another purpose for the card is that we can use it for even a point of sale terminals. Mm. I go to the mall, I want to shop, I can use my card, slot it in, make payment. I think our restaurants do the accept Restaurants everywhere. And that's how banking, the era of keeping so much money in your pocket is going. Mm. It's not safe. So when I'm traveling, I just need my card or I'm going anywhere, I just slot my card in. So, and both the Visa and the Master can do for you. I mean, the debit card can do that for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ben, you spoke about how the bank is leaning towards IT now. So, from let's say 10 years ago when I was a kid to now, how has the bank been able to digitize its process? Because, hey, you want to open an account and it's still that booklet that they give you, which is so annoying, by the way, and where you have to write your name in those checkboxes, and then... You know, even when you're depositing money, they'll give you this deposit form. You join this queue, you move from here to here. And, you know, like all these uh, unnecessary documentation. So how how have you guys evolved from like 10 years ago to now? And what direction are you moving towards? Okay. All right. So I can speak for Guarantee Trust Bank. Okay. A bank I work with and I'm so proud to be part of that family. Now, when you come to GT Bank, you can actually open an account. Pay our mobile, our star 737. You can open oh. an account with that. But the only thing is that because of BOG and there's something where you have to later on come through the phone, but you can actually open an account with on the star phone. Seven, on the phone. You have access to it. And talking about things that has changed, now you don't need to go to the bank and uh, queue. Now, we have ATM that accepts cash. Mm. You go to the ATM machine, you accept cash. You put your money, you can do the deposit. You don't necessarily have to enter into the banking hall. Now, looking at digital stuff, we can also link, you can link your account to your mobile money. So, if me, I don't like going to the bank anymore myself. Apart from my bank, I don't like going to other banks. Now, you can actually link your mobile money to your account. So, let's say I want to deposit money into my account. It's on my mobile money wallet. I can transfer it into my account. My bank, there's no charge. And you can, if you want to withdraw, I don't like the faces I meet in the banking hall. I can move the money from my account to my mobile money wallet. I, there are so many apps. We have my GHP. You can use it to make payment. So things have evolved. You get it. Things have, and right now, trust me, technology is taking over. So you can actually have access to your account without going to the bank. And in the COVID taught us something. You get it. COVID taught us that, I mean, 
when there was era of COVID, we didn't want to interact with people. You could actually do your banking in your house. So a lot of things have changed. You can open your account. I mean, you can open your account on the app. And not only as there are other banks that are doing, I can't mention it. I'm not, I don't work yes. with them. I don't talk for them. <laughs> you get it. But, and another thing is that you can check your balance with the app. You can transfer money. You can link to your mobile money. You can do anything that you want to, unless maybe you want to come to the banking or and see our nice faces. Oh, but okay. actually, you can do everything, internet banking and all that. And it's not necessary to even come there at all. No, it's not necessary to come there at all. And even, I think one bank is even doing WhatsApp banking. Oh. Yeah, WhatsApp banking. Fidelity. I think they call it Kuko or something. I don't know much about it. That's mm. WhatsApp banking. That's where banking is going to. Very easy, very, very accessible. Very easy, very accessible. And for my bank, anybody you open an account with, any person who opens accounts with it, you have a relationship officer, relationship manager. So you can actually have access to someone. You get it. But so banking is moving. It's moving. It, 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 it's evolving. About opening an account, though, what are the main documents I need? Well, we we work with regulation. So the regulator also has access for specific things. Now, if you're opening an account, the only thing which is most important is your ID card. You need a national ID card. Oh, about that, I noticed that you guys were not even accepting the Ghana card. And you were not accepting the voter's ID, the new version, until okay. recently. All right. So the, the reason why, when you give card, you know, because of criminals, we need to be also careful. Mm-hmm. Now, every card you bring, we have something called G-Vibe. We can really actually assess that this card is a genuine card. Now, the reason why at the initial stage, the Ghana card, there was a restriction on that. Was that we didn't have access to that platform. So there's a bit risk there. But right now, you can open an account with your Ghana card, your new voters card, everything, all the cards, except NHIS. Mm. We don't accept NHIS because it is in compromise. So mm. we need to be careful with that. So the card and... Voters ID, passport, driver's license, your Ghana card, all of them can be used to open the account. Is there any other documents? I remember sometime they asked for a TIN number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are asking for TIN number now. I mean, yeah, tax identification number now. And then your bill. No, the bill, it's, there are two things. You need your bill because you need to prove that, what you need to prove your residence. So if you have a bill, fine, we'll take the bill. But what about if you don't have a bill? We'll take a directional map, a directions to your house. So you show maybe I live in this place. We just draw a map. Yes. To show that, you know, there are so many risks. I mean, I can't share all the risks, but there are so many risks. But we do that, I mean, so that in case of anything in future, we can always contact the customer. Yeah. And they'll be safe and their money will be safe. Yeah, their money will be safe. Oh, your money is safe. Yes, please. The reason why your people confuse banking, you know, when the banking sector crisis, sorry, forgive me, let me just pop this mm. in. When the banking sector crisis came in, a lot of people lost their money. But there's nobody who lost his money, which, I mean, who kept his money in a typical traditional bank that lost even a city. If you had your accounts with UT Bank or, I mean, Unibank and all that, what government does is that government pay the money. The reason is that the banks also have a quota, like they have some amount of money that we keep at Bank of Ghana. So if the bank folds up today, that money, that primary reserve, I mean, can be used to pay, I mean, customers. So there's no risk. 
There's no risk keeping your money in the bank. On the bank. It's okay, risk. we'll get to that later. I have okay. several questions, so we'll get to that later. And when you look at the percentage of people who are unbanked in, in the world, or let's just use Ghana, I'd say majority of them are from the informal sector. Yeah. And the other, uh, the second majority will be young people. For some yeah. reason, they are also unbanked. And I think this is because they face several challenges. Like with the ID thing I was talking about, so, oh, this bank does not accept this ID or that ID or they also don't have access to certain loans and services because I know you go through a process before you are given a loan. It doesn't come easy. Like, let's say if you are in, a, in an advanced country and you are given a credit card and yeah. it's easy to start with that. And yeah, all of those things. So we face several challenges when it comes to financial services and how is the bank um, addressing that? Another thing is like the bank is only focused on making profits and you're not really interested in teaching me about what i need to know to like be involved in these financial services right you don't come around to schools to talk about what oh, really? you oh i haven't really seen that <laughs> and uh yeah most people don't even know about financial literacy and all that so how are you and the bank how are you guys addressing that issue Okay, so come in. Let me take a, the first one as to why people don't want to bank the issue about ID card. Yes, the issue we've had with young people is IDs because sometimes the person is 17 years, the person wants to open an account, he's, he doesn't have any national ID. But what we have done is that we have an account called GT Crates for students, it's a student account. Now, with that card, you need your student ID card and your admission letter. Let's say I'm a student in University of Ghana, mm -hmm. yeah. You just you just need that your admission letter and your student ID card. We can open a student's account for you. So that's because then we need we need to be sure that you're a Ghanaian before we open an account for you. You get it. We need to be sure about that. So you can open a student account. And as for financial literacy, I think the banks are doing well. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. You know, we are not there yet, but I mean, we 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 are doing well. We when you go to most universities now, there's a bank there. When you go to University of Ghana, like you can have about five banks. Yeah, but there's a bank there. It doesn't mean you're spreading the word. It means oh, there's a bank the, present on campus. Yes, there's a bank present. And sometimes you see a lot of our salespeople moving to places, talking to them, come and open an account. Yeah, but but it's a good feedback. We'll look at it. But I mean, we, we, it's, a, it's a good feedback. But I think that most of our salespeople are always telling the students about banking. But it's still good feedback. Maybe we just have to intensify. If we're taking 50 people, we'll take 200 people there. And the aspect of the bank being concerned about profit, every organization wants to make money. Because shareholders have invested their money. So they need to make what returns on that money. The staff in the bank needs to be paid. You get it? So the bank is a business. It's, and we are interested in keeping money. And the reason why we are careful about loan is that, don't forget what I started from the introduction. We are serving as an intermediary. We take money from the surplus economy. People who have excess money. If you have 10,000, we take it from them. We keep it for them. We are custodians. And we give it to the deficit, those who need the money. So, if Ama has uh, given his 10,000 to us, we give it to Kofi. Kofi doesn't pay. When Ama comes and he wants his money, we can tell him that we've given your money to uh, I mean, uh, uh, Kofi and Kofi has not paid. So, because of that, banks are careful with giving out money. So, our own is we are supposed to protect our customers' deposits. 
and banking is about confidence. I believe that when you move into the bank today, you want to withdraw your money. And uh, we say, oh, we don't have money. You know, no, I think there was uh, some time, there was an issue with one of the savings and loans. I don't want to mention the name. That they even beat, a, the police officer beat mm. the woman and yeah. all that. You, you, you understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was that, that's an issue. Because you must be able to have access to your money anytime you want mm-hmm. it. So because of that, the bank is careful in giving out loans. The bank is careful in giving out loans. Uh, can you talk a bit about the loan process? Just maybe a brief summary okay, about so credits and loans. And, okay, so and the loans, we take the money. There are two ways a bank makes money. Giving out loans and making investments. That's purely two that's ways. That's it. That's the only way the bank makes money. So we give our loans, but we are careful because it's people's money we are giving it mm. out. So we need to watch your character. With something, I'm not going to teach credit, but there's something called Campari. Mm. You have to check the person's character, the person's ability to pay, all those things. So all those things comes into play. And the next thing that we look at it is we must need, we must know, we must have something to secure the facility. We are giving you twenty thousand. What about if tomorrow you don't bring the money to rest? We need something. We need to have something we can fall on. That is where it is a challenge for the young people. Collateral. Because the person doesn't have a collateral. But there are so many things. You get it? There are so many things. But for me, as an advocate, I don't even advocate for young people to take loans. What if I'm using it to pay my fees? Or start a business? Pay your fees. Go and take students' loan. That one, there's no... The government gives you enough time, maybe to pay in bed. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing about bank loan is that if you take the loan today, <laughs> every month we are taking it, and we can't take any story because it is people's money. So if you're a student, I advise you take a what? A student loan. If you want to do a business, you start the business small. The challenge you have with young people is that they want to build a business like Despite. No, you cannot do a business like Despite. Despite has the experience. He has the financial staff. You get it. So you start with what you have today and you grow it small. Because taking a facility from the bank, it gives pressure. You get it. So mm-hmm. you must only, and sometimes when you are starting a business, I don't really advise. You grow the business to a certain extent that you know that when I push the money into it, I mean, the money will come. And working in a bank, there's, when you hear, there is, sometimes when you hear reasons why people come for loan, you will laugh. I, one example, <laughs> I had an, a man coming to tell me that his wife is in there mock so you should give him money uh, how would the bank give you money for mock <laughs> but the point is that you will not be able to make money on it because the money we are giving to you it's not for free it is people's money that we have taken their, we need to pay their five percent on their savings account we need to pay their the interest on their fixed deposit account their investment account so it's 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 a bit of dicey issue but for me i advocate that if you're a young person and you want to start a business just start small go ahead Grow it. It gets to a certain extent that you need more resources. But don't just want to run to become like a despite when you are not there. That's 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 what I think. To add to that, over here at um, my place, we say something called nail it, grow it, and then you scale it. You nail it, whatever you're doing, do it well. Right, then you go it, you know, get more customers, markets, all of that. Then you, when you are more established, then you expand, you scale it. So that's pretty good over there. Um, now we have all these um, new fintech apps popping up, new digital payments apps popping up. 
when you hear them or when you see their ad around or maybe they even come to you guys for some kind of partnership, do you see them as a threat or you see them as people who are here to improve the financial digital space? We don't see them as a threat. We are all working together. Example, when mobile money came in, people were scared. Mobile money, it would take a banking. But uh, what people forget is that <laughs> we are banking the telcos. So even if the money goes to the telcos, it comes to the banks. And another thing is that the banks were so smart that you can even link your mobile money to it. So we don't see them as a threat. We see them as working together. It's innovation. You get it. So we also find ways and means. Yes, we have. It's, it's a competitive environment. So as they set in, we also find new strategies. I mean, to go. So we don't see them as a threat. I mean, we are working together. Okay, yeah. that's great. You already spoke about how banks make money through loans and then through. Uh, investments. Yeah. What do you guys investing though? Do we have access to those kinds of investments? Yeah, you do have access to those kind. Of, we can mention it, and it's not a secret. Oh, we do okay. treasury bill. We oh, do the bonds. same thing. Yeah, we do the same thing. Mm. We do bonds, and the bonds, governments of Ghana securities. We trade. There's so many. It's a, it's a lot. But the, that's what the bank does: investment, or it's giving out loans. You get it. But in each every, in every one of them, there's a risk. But in, in business, I mean, we say the higher the risk, the higher the, the returns. Higher the returns. You get it. So that's it. So that's I thought it. you guys were involved in uh, some high-risk kind of investments. No, no, no. no. We, like forex trading and all of that. Well, there's a level of trading in banking. Mm. I will not lie to you. There's a level of trading I mean, with banking. But because it is people's money, and especially the traditional banks, you can't just do anything that you, you feel like doing. Because you are being regulated by Bank of Ghana. We have auditors that are coming to see that you are doing what is expected of you. So we don't have the liberty like that. But we are being bound by rules. But we do investments. Yeah. We do investments. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, I have this. I saw this video some time ago. I really think you touched on that. There was something in relation to fractional reserve lending. Where if someone brings money, you guys keep 10% and then you put 90% in... Like you give 90% out to several people and that is the process you use all the time. So it's like if I put money in the bank, my money is not just going to sit there. It's already been given to people and all of that. And since you do that for everyone, can there ever be a situation where all your customers are requesting for their money at the same time? And how would you deal with that? Bank run. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we are careful. You know, when you come to the bank, that's banking is tough. People think that banking is easy. I mean, you just go and collect their money. But it's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. So in that sense, you have to be careful with the kind of investments that you make. You get it. You have to make sure you don't only do long-term investment. You have to have short-term investment. And banking is about confidence. If one person walks into the bank today, I want to take 20,000. And we say, oh, we don't have money. Wait a minute. Trust me, tomorrow we have 100 people coming. So we have to plan. And there's something we also have, which the outside world don't know. We, we have we have something called interbank borrowing. Some oh, can, banks can even borrow, borrow among from themselves. banks. Yeah, but I said, like one day, not four. Because when you realize that your cash level is low, I mean, we have that thing. But we are careful. We manage the funds. So if we have maybe three million on our balance sheet, we will not go and put two million in the balance sheet. When it's customers' deposit, maybe you you decide to put some here, some here. Make sure that you are liquid. Liquidity is very important. Liquidity is simply 
people having access to their money anytime, the bank being able to pay customers. So we, it's, it's, it's a whole lot of things, but the treasury does a lot of things. Trust me, anytime you want your money, you have I access to I can come there. Yeah. Yes, please. The last thing I think I want us to talk about is if I save at the bank, am I losing money? You spoke about if I save at the bank and I get, let's say, one CD richer. That's better than me having maybe the 10 CDs I had under my pillow. But there's also inflation. And next year, this water may not be its current price. They may be double of that. So if I save and then inflation is still going up, am I not still losing money? Okay, so my question then is that if you also keep your money in your house, inflation still... Yes, yeah, money does. Get it. So it is better off. You get it. The reason I'm saying is that when people... Uh, when you decide to keep your money and even keeping money on your wallet, let hey, me Momo. talk about Mumu. You don't get anything. They give you something small. You get it. I am a banker. I am a finance person. Even if I'm getting two cities, I prefer than getting zero. You get it. Because for me, what I even do is that I don't keep my money in my momo. I keep my money in my bank account. If I want to move a, do a momo transaction, I move the money from my account into my momo. You get it. so you don't lose. You don't. You don't lose. There's no loss when you bring the money to the bank. You get it. But just that if you keep your money in the bank, I'm being frank with the young people, is that sometimes you need to do investments. Yeah. That's when you really have a feel of interest. But if you have the money and you're just keeping it in your savings or current or target save, you get very little. But if you decide to go into treasury bill, go into bond, I mean, you get a lot of returns. And another last thing, as I'm talking about investments, is that when you're investing, you have to be careful. People are so greedy. They want if somebody tells you that today he will give you thirty percent. Let's say a, 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 an investment company tells you he must know that. Trust me, your money will go. Because ask government of Ghana security, treasury bill is twelve percent. So why will I take? I'm a bank. Why will I take your money? Go and invest it for twelve percent and promise you thirty percent. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. But people want interest. That's why people went to men's gold, yeah. all that and all that and all that. Because of interest. So anytime anybody is promising you interest, just look at what's the treasury bill, what is it giving you? It will give you an idea. Because that's the basis of all investment. Yeah. Thank you. Savings, in my opinion, should probably be for the short term. Maybe you have some emergency fund somewhere and investment should be for the long term. Yeah. And you can look at it like it's the same procedure that you're using to invest that you would replicate when you are investing. Yeah. I mean, it's the same procedure that you're using to save that you use to invest as well. Because if it's 10% every every month to save, once you start earning more, you use that to invest. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Ben. Do you have anything else to tell young people who are out there listening to you today? All right, so my little advice for the young people is that let saving be part of you. You get it? Don't spend everything that you have today. And don't think that uh, it is the little that you have. I mean, you are waiting to grow, get a big salary. That's what everybody sees. But investment and uh, savings, it starts small. So just be disciplined. Every amount of money that you get, just put something down. Put it into an investment culture. And before you realize, the money would grow. Let it be part of you. And I, the last thing I'll add to it is that you can actually predict how you want your future to be like. 
maybe your your father, just as I said from the intro, might not be Dan Gute, might not be Bill Gates. But if you decide to put the money down small, 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 before you realize it becomes an ocean. So let's try saving. Let's try putting something there. Let's cut down some of our excess cost. You get it? A young person is using the latest phone. <coughs> you are not taking salary. And you, are, you want to use the latest phone. Bear in mind, the rich people who are even getting a lot of money, I mean, they, they are using a simple phone. So maybe if you could go with, what's the latest iPhone? 12. 12. And maybe go to what? Uh, maybe an 11. 11. You will save a, some amount of money. So let's have a savings culture. Because one thing about technology and stuff is that things would pop up. Trust me, Apple would come up with the latest phone next year. So is that, does that mean that you would always want to get the latest thing? But trust me, put some amount of money down. Put it into savings. Put it into investment. Before you realize, you can start a business with it. And don't start small. What Another thing that everybody wants to do now, everybody wants to wear tie. I mean, share. But trust me, the little whatever talent, gift God has given to you, put it to use. You get it? Go, if you are, I know some young people, they, are, they like social media, so they sell their stuff, clothing, on, oh, on uh, Instagram. Instagram. I bought my share from Instagram. Okay. You get it. So the person realized that he likes uh, social media. Mm-hmm. So he's using it for to make money. You get it. I do other business. You get it. So young guys should just do the, your best, but make sure that saving is part of you. Don't always expect people to give to you. Save the little that you have. Thank you. Period, guys. How can we reach you on social, Ben? On social media? How can we reach you on social media? Oh, okay. So, uh, Facebook, Benjamin Nyama. Um, Instagram, same. Same thing. Yeah, same, yeah. Are you active there? So, if they want to reach out to you. I'm active there. You can find me there. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, for clicking that um, podcast episode or watching this video live on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you, Ben, for being here today. Don't forget to click the subscribe button and turn on all your notifications, right? And for the podcast to wherever you're listening to, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Anchor, please like this, please subscribe. And until next time, guys, be Bezos Smart.